Schneider. For those of you that don't know me, used to be on staff and now I'm the Director of Living Hope Counseling Services, which is just um, a white house behind, behind the sanctuary here. And I'm delighted to be here, I think. And, um, you know, Drew, Drew, you know, kind of gives some space in between the times he asks me to preach. And his email said, this topic is perfect for you. And I was like, what is it? And it was great. It's about grief. And I'm like, yeah, I, I do like to talk about grief. I don't know what that says about me, but I do um, really um, know that grief is such a sacred space to enter in with people. And then later I learned that the actual name of this of, the, of this topic this morning, learning to trust in the face of loss. That felt a little different to me than just grief. Um, because I think that I can talk about grief all day long. I won't. But learning to trust, I like the word learning. Because I think we're always learning how to trust the Lord. And especially in that piece of loss. Last week, Drew preached on trauma, and Anne courageously shared her journey of trauma and healing. And all the more, all the mental health experts will tell you that there's always grief with trauma. There's never a trauma without grief. Now we can enter grief and not have trauma. Always grief with trauma. And so I just so appreciate this whole series that we are in that um, really looking at that emotionally healthy spirituality. I was on personal retreat earlier this week. Um, one of the reasons I agreed to preach because I said, oh, good, I'll have time just to kind of sit with the Lord and, and listen and to see. Um, what path to go down, and so I kind of immersed myself in, in Scazzaro's book, uh, The Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, and wow, wow. I know that they'll talk about offering a, a group based on that book here at the church come March, April, somewhere in that ballpark, and I highly encourage it. Um, <clears throat> such a good series. So, let's dive in here. Um, I want to remind you that today out in the atrium, um, I have a lot of different grief resources, in case if I forget to say that at the end. Um, Clarita, our admin, and one of our interns will be out there at that table. And just drop by, pick up any resources that might be helpful to you. So, let's pray. Gracious God, thank you for your goodness and your grace. Thank you that you are a God that we can trust and that you are always present. That you tell us you never leave us, you never forsake us. That no matter the season of life we find ourselves in, you are present. And God, your word tells us that we will have seasons of And that, Lord, we ask that your words will be anointed today, that God, that, that it will be your words that will speak um, to each heart that is listening today. 
So we know that loss is a part of life. Always a part of life. You know, I love it in Ecclesiastes that, that we're told that we will grieve, that we will have death. We know that that's part of life. And really, I think it's an ongoing part of our life. We can think of loss as that physical death where we say goodbye to somebody that will no longer be with us here on earth. But we deal with loss on a regular basis. It can be the loss of a relationship. It can be a loss of a health. It can be a loss of a job. It can be a loss of income. It can be a loss of dreams. So often, you know, I don't know about you, but I kind of, in my mind, like, always kind of think about decades, and I think about, well, when I'm this old, then my life will look like this. <laughs> yes, I hear some laughing, right? Because does it? You get there, and you're like, oh, I, you know, kind of like you don't know what you don't know until you get there, right? And so sometimes you're like, oh, oh, that's what life looks like. I'll be sharing several examples throughout as we talk about loss about kind of the season of life I'm in and caregiving for aging parents. I didn't know my whole decade of 50s was going to be caregiving. I didn't know I was going to be doing certain things. And probably it was good that I didn't know that at 20, right? But now you just kind of step into it. But then I recognize the things that I kind of had dreamed about what 50s would look like. And because of what's before me, those things don't happen. That's okay. But it's loss. It's loss. Okay, so, you know, one of the really neat exercises in the workbook for this series is it has you look kind of at decades and identify what are the losses you've experienced throughout your, your lifetime. You kind of do a little timeline with your losses. And so one of the crucial things I think that we need to look at is what are those losses? And how do we grieve those losses? Now, in the world of Christendom, we are sometimes maybe discouraged to grieve. Right? We might be told Remember, rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice. How often have you heard that? And there's nothing wrong with rejoicing. However, as the counselor, I get a lot of people that have sat across from me for decades now that are in a season of grief and they say, something's wrong with me. I still find myself crying. I still find myself feeling angry. I still find myself asking, what if? And I'll go, mm -hmm. like, sure, of course. In my mind, I'm going, of course you're asking yourself that question. Why wouldn't you be asking yourself those things and feeling those things? And then I'll get, well, the people at church tell me I should be over that. I should be rejoicing in the Lord. I mean, God is right there. Why can't you just trust Him? Your emotions, your questions, those 
do not be measured, be less spiritual. And I just think that's so important to remember. That one of the first things that we have to remember, how do we trust in the midst of loss is that we've got to acknowledge what we are feeling, what we are thinking, what the beliefs are that we have. We've got to acknowledge it. It's real. And one of the fun things that as we look at, at the scripture for today, we're going to see Jesus, the perfect one, and be able to see his emotions and how he acknowledged that, not only within himself, but to his disciples and to God. So acknowledgement is so crucial. And kind of, you know, as I've been in counseling, doing counseling for a long time, you know, there's kind of these these phrases that kind of come in and out of, of the counseling world, and you know, one of the one of the big things right now is you know, notice it without judgment. Notice your emotions without judgment. Notice your thoughts without judgment. <clears throat> Just let it be. You don't have to judge an emotion. An emotion is an emotion. A thought is a thought. We don't have to give it more, more credence than, than it's needed. Just acknowledge, oh, yeah, it's there. It's there. And sometimes it's there because it does illuminate something that may help us move forward in that transformation process. And sometimes it's there because what you're dealing with hurts. It's painful. And to be able to allow yourself to acknowledge that. So as you think about acknowledging that, as I read the scripture today from Matthew 26, starting in verse 36, I want you to pay attention to what did Jesus acknowledge? What were his emotions? What was his thoughts as, as we read the scripture? Thank you. 
your will be done. And again, he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were heavy. So leaving them again, he went away and prayed for the third time, saying the same words again. Then he came to the disciples and said to them, Sleep, and take your rest later on. See, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. So we see Jesus' name. He's suffering. He's sorrowful. He's troubled. And he even goes as far as to say, God, would you remove this from me? I know what's ahead of me. Will you remove this from me? And then I go skipping through the olive trees, rejoicing, saying, yay, I can't wait. I can't wait to be crucified. No before the Father. Pouring out his heart, letting him know and you also let Peter, James, and John know, hey guys, I'm in pain. And yet, his buddies were a little tired, apparently. They were a little sleepy. We'll talk about that here. But so, when you find yourself in that place, Suddenly feel the ground shifting underneath you. 
And so part of those beliefs are those things that, again, we have to wrestle with. We've got to look at those and say, okay, God, this is what I always believed. Now what? Now what do I do with this? And how do I go back to God's word and say, who are you, God? Because I might have held that belief because I wanted to believe I was safe. Or I wanted to believe I had security. And now all of a sudden, I don't feel those things anymore because that belief is gone. And now, how do I begin to align myself and turn toward God to say, well, what is your truth? And frankly, we know some of the losses we experience in understanding even our limits is that there are going to be mysteries in this world that we will never Sometimes I, when I'm not wanting to wait, 
I want that final lap to be a sprint. But the reality it feels like an ultra marathon. And that's just, that's the way it is. That's the way it is. And there can be such Watch and pray, and I came back with 
an hour later, they were all sleeping. I might have said, hey, knuckleheads, chop, chop, wake up, come on. Can you pray with me here? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be down to a cross. Can you work with me here? Work with me. But I love it because it just speaks to the humanness of who we are. And I think it's also a good example for us to be able to know that it's important to invite people in. You've got to invite people in. And that they're not going to do it perfectly. Not going to do it perfectly. But grief is not an individual sport. We've got to include, we've got to invite people into this space with us. And I have my go-to people that are in a similar season of life that I that I'm in right now, and the, we we just know, we just understand, we can just be together and know the the difficulty of of this experience. We can laugh, we can cry, we can support, we can pray, but we can sit together. And so keep inviting, keep inviting. One of the resources. Have at, at the table in the atrium today is things to say and not to say to people in grief. Like David Kessler, who um, has a website called grief.com, he's a um, very popular grief educator. And, you know, and also, I think it says to us don't be afraid to step into places of grief with people either. Because sometimes you go, I don't know what to do. I don't So we may have two extremes. 
We either don't accept our limits and keep running around just frantically trying to believe that we can, you know, that the world will stop without us and we're going to keep pursuing those things. Or we become apathetic that our desires are so high and unachievable that we don't even bother trying. That's why that was so important. Because again, I think those losses that we bump into sometimes is because we have a difficult time embracing our limits. And so to be able to kind of, again, sit with the Lord and say, what are those limits I'm bumping up against? We know that in this particular scripture verse, we see that Jesus, who was fully man, fully, fully human, fully God, he chose to be fully human in that moment. That he allowed the limits placed on him as a physical human being set before him, and that he chose to honor those human limitations because he wanted to follow God's plan. He wanted to follow God's plan. And so to do that, he had to accept the limitations that he was going to be crucified, that he was going to die on a cross, so that we could be Sometimes we have to look and say, what are the, the limits even of the appointed ministry that God has set before us? And how do we begin to turn into God and trust that that is truth? And finally, we've got to recall that death brings birth, brings something new things. And whatever that loss is, whatever that loss may be in your life today, where is God at work? Where is God at work? You know for Christ as he died and was buried, we saw ultimate rebirth as he was resurrected so that we could live fully that he intended us to live into, that we could be set free from our sin. And so what is your loss today? What is that season of loss that you're in that you don't see anything good coming from it? It's okay right now. And I think that we always need to look and say, where are you at work, Lord? As we're waiting, as we're listening, as we're supporting one another, what does that look like? For some of you, it might mean that I can remember this season of loss and how God, how I was able to listen to God and have Him direct me to be able to come alongside another person. Or maybe it was that, that small voice that, that pointed you to say, 
gosh, I, I know what it was like to be homeless. I'm going to now go and work for a shelter that helps with homelessness. I'm going to go volunteer over here. It gives you different eyes. It gives you a different heart for people when you have walked through that pain. I have a really interesting example as I was coming off the plane earlier this week. Looked across the aisle from me, and there were two, two older people. And, and the gentleman got up, and he got three canes out of the overhead bin. And he had one, and he handed his wife the other two. And she was over in the window seat, and she clearly had some kind of physical issue going on. You know, so it was like this, you know, real slow. And she had this backpack, it looked really heavy, you know. And she's sliding, and she's sliding. I thought, oh, I know that. I know that. Because I do that with my parents all the time. And I just looked and he just said, would it be helpful for me to hold your backpack while you get up? And it was so interesting. She had that look of like, I don't really want to surrender that. And then she went, she like saw it and she went, that would be great. Know that I would have noticed that had it not been for the season that I've been in. But I now have eyes to say, let's help someone. And that's just a really simple example of how does God continue to do something new in you, even in the midst of loss? And so I want to encourage you to really think about what, what it is that he's doing new in you, even in the midst of that loss. So remember to acknowledge, to remember to, to trust in the waiting and point others along, and to say, what, what is new? What is God going to work out of me as a result of this loss, as a result of this As we move into prayer, we want to remember the, the family of the Funes family and the death of Sheree this past week. And that services will be on Saturday morning here, visitation at 10, service at 11. And also to remember Heather Lathander's family and the death of her father. So let us pray. Gracious God, we have those losses right here before us in the death of Sheree and Heather's father. And Father, we know that you are the God that they can turn to, that we can be the church to come alongside and to acknowledge that pain, to acknowledge that that pain can be here for a while. Long one, no time for And so, Lord, help us to be that body of believers that, that will support and love them through this time. And, Lord, I ask that you continue to watch over uh, Bob Nova and the recovery from his, his surgery, and that you just continue to, to watch over those that 
more than 